Hello and welcome to Publishing Insight, an interview podcast about working in publishing. Welcome to episode 14 of Publishing Inside. I'm Flavia, your host, and for this episode about human resources, I interviewed Diane Hobbs, HR and Office Manager at Bloomsbury Publishing Oxford Office. We discussed many topics such as the importance of internships and work experience, entering the publishing industry later in your career, how to get transferable skills in other industries or in your free time, and how to keep learning and growing. This is the last interview of Season 1 of Publishing Inside. Therefore, I decided to give listeners the chance to submit their own questions for my guest. And Diane answered those as well. So thank you very much to all the people who sent me their questions. I hope this episode will be useful to clarify your doubts. Happy listening. If you are enjoying listening to Publishing Inside, please subscribe and leave a review. And for any comments or feedback, you can write me an email or find me on Twitter at FlamFlam91, FLAM, FLAM91. of Publishing Inside. Today I am at Bloomsbury Publishing Oxford office to interview Diane Hobbs who is the HR and office manager and uh, I have also decided to ask her a few questions from the listeners. So first of all thank you very much Diane for agreeing to be on the podcast. Thank you for your time. You're very welcome. It's nice to see you. And actually, we met at a SYP event a few months ago in Oxford. We did. So we can say that our first advice is to attend these kind of events. Yes. And because it's a great opportunity to network, meet people, and ask for advice in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my first question is, can you tell us about your academic and career path? Um. Yes, well, I started my uh, HR career um, at uh, a publishing company in Oxford called Heinemann. Um, And uh, I was working in uh, a finance department at the time, but um, somebody persuaded me to um, do a... um, There was a position in HR, and somebody persuaded me to apply for the role, so I switched from that... uh, uh, finance uh, department into uh, the HR department and um, yeah so Heinemann Publishers which is uh, was on Jordan Hill it's now part of Pearson um, but um, yeah I went into the HR department and um, I then did 
um, the course at Books University. They do the um, Certificate in Personnel Development. It's a degree for Human Resources Management, postgraduate degree. Um, so yeah, my line manager at the time was Janet Shields and she persuaded me to do the degree, which I did. So juggling the degree and full-time work um, was hard, um, but um, it's definitely been very worthwhile. Do you have any advice about that when you have to juggle both working and studying? You just got to be committed, you know, you've got to want to do it, you've got to see that the end result is going to be really useful and worthwhile for your career. Um, yeah, it is hard, your, your social life suffers and, you know, your family life suffers, but um, yeah, it's definitely, uh, definitely worthwhile and I would recommend doing that. And okay. similarly, you know, a, a marketing qualification or, um, you know, editorial courses, you know, sometimes you have to do them outside of work. Um, but it's um I think it's worthwhile yeah sorry I interrupted you no no that's all right um so yeah it's um so I've been working in publishing for most of my life now so um uh sort of seven years at Heinemann and nearly 20 years now at uh, Bloom oh, well, we were Osprey Publishing but we're now Bloomsbury Publishing so yeah nearly 20 years with wow. this business yes yeah and what does a typical day as a HR and office manager at Bloomsbury Publishing uh, Oxford office look like? And what are your main tasks and responsibilities? Um, so myself and my assistant, we're based here in the Oxford office and we've got a dual role. We do HR work and manage the office. So that's why the job title is HR and facilities, um, HR and office management. Um, so we're part of a bigger HR team in London. Um, there's seven in the whole HR team, uh, but specifically my role is yeah dual purpose. It's running the running this office and um, supplying a, an HR service to this office. So we've got about 60 staff here, but I also look after Haywards Heath and Dublin. So I've got staff elsewhere that uh, in other offices that I support. And my typical day, um, so it's from an HR point of view, it's um, about uh, a lot of it is recruitment and resourcing, um, working with managers to place adverts, um, arranging interviews, um, sitting in on interviews, uh, liaising with agencies and um, making job offers. Uh, but then also uh, an HR advisory side of my role where I'm just uh, working closely with managers and employees on just about anything that comes up. So, um, yes, uh, there's that. And um, just generally just making sure we all work within the legal framework. That's sort of the HR goal. Uh, and then the facilities part of my job is just dealing with absolutely anything that comes up on a day-to-day -day basis. And those could be... Um, you know, just making sure the offices run safely and, um, you know, all the health and safety um, elements are in place uh, and providing a safe and pleasant workplace for everyone to work in. Perfect. Thank mm. you. And what is your favourite project you have worked on during your career? Uh, well, probably my two favourite projects have been the two projects that caused me the most headaches um, and they were the big office moves that we did. Um, so we've moved um, twice since we've been in Oxford. 
2013, and we've just moved a couple of miles up the road each time. Um, but it is quite a big uh, task to move, um, you know, 50, 60 people. Um, it's like moving house for 50 or 60 Definitely. people. It's, you know, moving all their work possessions, the furniture, the stock, all the space planning about who needs to sit where, um, fitting out kitchens, creating nice work areas and uh, um, social areas for the staff. Um, yeah, it's just a massive amount of planning and organisation. So a complete headache at the time. Um, but they were sort of most rewarding, you know, when you get to that new place. Um, you know, it was a nice feeling. Perfect, thank you. And some of our lovely listeners have submitted some questions to ask you. So this is the first. What would you recommend to career changers who want to move into publishing slightly later than graduation? What looks bad and what looks good to employers? And uh, are work experience and internships available also to slightly older people? For example, people in their late 20s. Uh, yes, absolutely. I think we all have transferable skills in publishing um, that any industry can benefit from. Um, so, you know, skills such as organisational planning, being able to follow procedures. I think many people do a bit of proofreading and copy editing in their jobs. Um, you know, to have a market awareness, to have some sales techniques, um, to be able to work with people and manage people. Those are all skills that people come to us with and you know all of us would take outside you know if we ever left um this business you know those are all skills that we've got that we would take elsewhere so those are all sort of um you know generic skills probably um and i think a real um one example um of people coming to publishing slightly later in life we have an example of that um, we have one of our employees now in a senior editorial role um, who was an English teacher about five years ago. Um, she fancied a career change, so she came to us probably in her early 30s um, at that time. And um, she came and did a voluntary period of work experience, unpaid. Um, you know, she was in a, a time of exploring and what she wanted to do. Um, and she absolutely displayed lots of these qualities. We saw lots of potential in her uh, and lots of skills um, and obviously her English a grasp of the English language was a brilliant and, um, you know, having been a teacher and we just saw great potential in her and we sort of snapped her up straight away. So, um, yeah, you absolutely can, you know, change careers um, at that time. Yeah, successfully. Yes, yeah, definitely. Perfect, thank you. Another question from a listener. Do you have any advice for someone who is in the industry but wants to move to a different country? And in this specific case, our listener is currently working in the UK for a publishing company and applying for entry-level jobs in Germany but not being successful despite having plenty of experience. Um, yeah, this is not something I've had um, an awful lot of experience with, but I guess my advice would be just to investigate the legal position um, in that other country. Um, you know, you'll be able to find all sorts of information, you know, your right to work in that country. Um, you'll find that online. Um, but absolutely, you know, your skills, 
the publishing experience and your skills, you know, that won't be the issue. I, I think the, the hoops to jump through would be the visa requirements in those countries. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Could it be a problem maybe that reading, uh, seeing an address from a different country, maybe then they would prioritize people that instead are already living in their country? Um, Could that happen? I, I don't think they would. I mean, sometimes from email addresses, yes, and telephone numbers, if mm-hmm. those are on the CVs, yes, you can tell that where somebody is based, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's always, you know, the, the important thing is to look at the CV, look at the person, see what skills and, and experience and competencies they have. And if they're matching the job, you know, they might they would be worth pursuing, you know, even if it's just a telephone interview to start with, because mm-hmm. this might be a really perfect person for the job so and this person you know you've got to investigate that person's situation but you know they may be prepared or they may be in the process of moving to your country anyway so yeah you know so our advice for this listener would be to keep going and be perseverant yes yeah be persistent and just keep applying you know for the jobs that you know are attractive to you and yeah Perfect, thank you. And another question from a listener. Are there any big cliché that you see all the time in cover letters and that should be avoided? Um, I think one of the things that people often say in covering letters is I love books, I love writing, I love the English language, I love reading. And to me, that's a little bit of a cliché. I mean, that's I'm, I'm assuming that that's a bit of a given, really. Um and you know especially if you're applying for if you're applying for a job as uh, an editor for a linguistics um list uh, imprint or something you know you probably would go very much into detail um with those kind of statements but um generally speaking um yeah i don't think you need to say that i'm i'm going to assume that anyway if you've you know especially i see your background you may have done a english degree or a publishing degree I've assumed that you love books and you love reading. and uh, yeah. um, So that's a bit of a cliché. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's good to maybe mention some titles of that yeah. particular publisher that you read yes, or yeah. that you yeah. find interesting. Yeah. So maybe that could be mm. a way of that's showing way. interest and commercial awareness maybe about the publisher yeah that's the way to do it I and mean, it's always good to stroke the company's ego and you know you know um, say lovely things about you know I'm, I'm i'm i am passionate about reading and i particularly liked your book blah 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 I get by your author i'm a particular fan of his or hers or yeah it's a way of sort of um complimenting um, the publisher and uh, mentioning their yeah. some of their books and authors and, uh, um, and yeah you can explain mm-hmm. your love of books in that way and mm. also show that you know what they do and yes yeah that shows that you've done some research yeah. on the um, company and you've actually looked at their lists and uh, and um, yeah that's uh, that's a good way to do it perfect thank you and um, another question from a listener. How important is the dress code at a job interview and what would you generally recommend to wear? Um, Yeah, I think publishing is sometimes perceived as a bit of a cool, trendy industry to work in. Um, Yeah, and you might often um, 
here of CEOs wearing jeans and trainers and uh, um, to work. Um, and it is, it can be relaxed, um, a relaxed work environment, um, you know, especially if you compared the publishing industry to lawyers or, or accountancy, you know, where, they, you know, it's quite um, normal for people to be wearing suits. And um, yeah, publishing is not like that. Um, but um, I think when you're going for interviews, yes, there, you do need to be smart. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even, you know, especially during the hot weather, pe- people are not coming to interviews in perhaps suits and ties and jackets. You know, uh, there's, a, there's an allowance there. You know, people are just wearing tailored trousers and, and suit, um, shirts and blouses. And, uh, yeah, it's just, you just wouldn't wear jeans and Converse trainers to a, an interview. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... Um, um, yeah, you want to make that good impression right at the beginning. Perfect, thank you. And what advice would you give to people applying for entry-level positions in publishing in order to build the necessary confidence and succeed in the application and interview process? Um, yeah, it is very competitive out there. Um, but I think you can, um, if you can marry up your skills and experience and your degree and your passions um, into a role, uh, that's a really good start. Um, you know, and gaining industry experience is also really useful, so get as many internships and work experience placements as you can. Um, that always looks good on your CV. Perfect, thank you. And are there any particular skills or competencies which are essential to work in publishing regardless of the specific role? or area of expertise, so something that you would say is really important uh, if you want to work in editorial, but also if you want to work in marketing or rights or design and so on? Um, yeah, I think, I mean, there's lots of generic skills that, you know, we look for in people, you know, like just being approachable and flexible, being hardworking and dedicated and being a team player. Um, having good communication skills, etc. Um, yeah, with those are all sort of general things that we look for. Um, but particularly, yeah, if you were after an editorial role, try and get some editorial internships, you know, same for marketing, uh, same for design, etc. And even if you've not been able to get internships, um, you know, a, a, a thing that you can do from an editorial perspective is... Um, a volunteer to do reading in schools um, or volunteer to go to, to do reading in um, I don't know old people's homes you know people where just reading is a part of the yeah. um, you know a, a reading um, yeah. activity or um, even do some editing on online magazines for yeah example. yeah and pe- you know people that's write their own blogs, write their own travel blogs. I mean, those are all good things to do before you get your first mm-hmm. uh, editorial job. Um, and same for design, you know, even before, if you, even if you can't get any design uh, internships, you know, offer to uh, design the village newsletter or, you know, offer to design some posters for, you know, somebody in, in you know, one of your neighbours mm-hmm. um, that wants to set up you know, a dog walking service or something, you know, offer to do posters for them. Um, you know, it just shows a little bit of initiative yeah. and, um, you know, you'll be able to show your creative design skills by doing some posters and flyers for a neighbour. Perfect, thank mm. you. 
And when in a new position or even trying to get promoted to a more senior role, what are the best steps to take to keep learning and develop new skills? Um, yeah, so I think in new positions, um, the key thing is just to learn your job, um, get to know your job description really well, and to be able to do your job really well. Um, you know, learn from your line manager, learn from your peers, um, and then once you're really settled in, doing your job really well, then you'll be ready for your next step. And so that next step would be a promotion that you want to go for. Um, and so it's a similar kind of approach, really, um, doing your current job really well, um, but then showing that you can go the extra mile, always being proactive with projects, uh, trying to think ahead, show some initiative. Um, and, and then all of us, all the time, whether we're in our perfect job now or striving for our, our next perfect job, all of us, we should all keep our learning and development skills um, up to date. Um, and sometimes we don't always have that opportunity in work, in our roles. Um, sometimes you might need to do that developing, you know, outside of work. Um, an example of that is myself. Um, I've trained as a coach mentor. And in the past, um, I've done some coach mentoring for employees uh, within the business. Um, but I haven't had the opportunity to do that recently. Um, but what I do do instead, because I want to keep my coaching skills, you know, um, refreshed and um, tuned. So um, I do some um, coach mentoring for um, students in Oxford um, with the SYP and with Oxford Books. I offer myself up as a coach mentor. So it's a way for me to keep learning, um, even if it's something I can't do within my role. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Thank you. And uh, last question, what are you reading at the moment in your spare time and what has been your favorite book of the year so far? Oh, I always dread people asking me this question because you think because I've worked in publishing most of my life that um, I'd be an avid reader and actually I'm not. Um, I just don't make enough time for reading, which is mm -hmm. a terrible thing to admit, isn't it? Um, but um, obviously I do read, um, but I tend to sort of sponge off of my friends and family recommendations um uh what are my whatever my friends are reading in their book clubs you know i always want to hear about that and they describe it to me and i think oh that sounds really good um so i sort of jump on other people's um, recommendations really so i'm often quite late in getting to you know the, the hot book at the moment or you know the most popular book that's happening right now i'll probably read it in a year's time so um but what I have enjoyed recently is um, Anthony Durer's book, The Light We Cannot See. I really enjoyed that. And um, uh, The Miniaturist by Jesse Burton. Um, I really enjoyed that. Uh, and they did a great TV adaptation of that yeah. too, which was good. Uh, and two Bloomsbury books I've enjoyed recently um, is uh, the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. That was great. And The Signature of All Things, which is by Elizabeth Gilbert. That was a really good book too. So. Yes. We have a, we have a great staff discount scheme with um, <laughs> Bloomsbury Books. So um, yes, I'm buying more and more Bloomsbury uh, fiction now because Perfect. of that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks a lot for your time and for your advice. I'm sure our listeners would be really happy with your answers. 
Um, so thank you very much. It's my pleasure. Thank you. That is all for episode 14 of Publishing Inside. I hope you have enjoyed listening to it and found it useful. If so, please subscribe and recommend it to other people you think may be interested. And for any comments or feedback, you can write me an email or find me on Twitter at flamflam91. FLAM91. Have a nice day.